If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Merry Christmas and welcome to the Tudor Dixon podcast. This is my favorite time of year for so many reasons. Time with family, giving gifts, the decorations throughout town, but most of all, the birth of our Savior. And with all stories in the Bible, Jesus' birth hits differently at different times throughout life. When I was a child, I saw Mary as this amazing, strong mother figure, and she was old and wise. Was that because she was old and wise? No. Biblical scholars would say they believed that she was likely around 15 to 16 years old. It was just because my child mind felt like Mary really got it because adults must really get it. But then as I got older, I realized most adults are just faking it till we make it, especially when it comes to parenting. And now as an adult, I read the Christmas story. I am in awe of Mary's obedience. Let's read Luke 1. 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. 
and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. The angel in the story knows she's scared, and we know that because the text tells us Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. When a, when an angel comes to a peasant girl, what happens? I mean, my adult self says, what did she think? Did she think she was in trouble? Did she think she was going to die? Remember, there's no savior at this point. So I imagine her fear is a little amplified from what ours would be knowing that we have a savior. But she was essentially told, you will give birth to the savior. I imagine she had some idea of the prophecy, but did she understand in this moment what that meant? And yet her response as a teenager is, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That was her response. She's ready to do this. And this isn't an easy life because, you know, kings kill people who want to overthrow them. And, and does she know what it means for him to be Lord, what it means for him to be king? Right now, in this time of life, work is hard. Women don't give birth out of wedlock. What would Joseph say? All of these things had to have been in her mind. But God clears the path. Joseph gets a special message too. And we read about that in Matthew 1, 18 through 25. It says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So we know Mary carried the Lord in her womb, but we are clearly told Joseph gave the baby the name Jesus. God chose regular people to bring his son into the world. Mary as his mother, Joseph as his adopted or earthly father, but regular people. Would we have forgotten had a queen given birth to the Lord and he grew up in a palace protected, would the story have been as powerful? Would we have understood that the Lord had, has plans for all of us, no matter whether we are kings and queens or we are peasants? If we had chosen the path, would we think that people would need to see a man in power to believe he is Lord? But how much more powerful is it to know that the baby Jesus was protected and loved by a young man and his wife, from the poor part of town. But the baby would have an even more humble beginning than that. The story in Luke 2, 1 through 7 reads, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the world should be registered. This was the first registration 
when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered to each his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. (laughs) Wow. You think about this and you think, were either Mary or Joseph ever wondering why the man who was to sit on David's throne would endure such a meager entrance to the world? Did they ever feel like they couldn't provide what God expected? How often do we feel like that? How often do we feel like we're not doing things right? And it's not like we're alone. Think about Sarah who told Abraham to have a child with Hagar because she thought she needed to help God fulfill his promise. Sometimes we feel like that. But that's the beauty of the story of Jesus' birth, is that the path was so challenging. A virgin convincing Joseph getting to Bethlehem, it would all seem overwhelming. But God, God had a plan, and his plan is good. And Mary and Joseph knew that, and they never questioned it. And we are to know that too. I mean, were they prepared for what would happen on the night of Jesus' birth? Whether they were or not, they knew God would know what would happen. They were in a barn alone. Joseph had no experience helping a woman in childbirth and was there to witness the birth of his son and his own Savior. It is truly a magical story. And how else would the shepherds find them if it weren't? This is what Luke 2, 8 through 21, tells us about the miracle of the shepherds who became messengers. It goes, And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel. With There with the angel was a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. How beautiful. How beautiful to think 
that the shepherds were told, you'll find this baby a place you'd never find a baby. They were told in the field that this miracle had happened and they were drawn to him. How beautiful to think that shepherds, being the ones to share the news of the greatest shepherd of all, the symbolism God used to say, those who guide the sheep will tell you of the one who will guide and save you, the great shepherd. Even in this passage, we see the verse, and when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They wondered. There's an uncertainty. Probably a lot of people who heard this and said, those crazy shepherds, what do they know? But Mary understands, and she is ready in her young years to serve the Lord and watches his word is fulfilled, not knowing what journey she was about to go on. But we know she was ready because the Bible tells us this. The Bible says that as Mary listened, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. God had a great plan for Mary, but the story of Christmas is a reminder that we have a great Savior who is fully man and fully God, and therefore He understands you completely. There is no barrier between you and Jesus, and He has a plan for you, and that plan is a good plan. Now you just have to follow God's plan. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas this year, and I am so grateful to you for listening. Have a blessed day. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.